Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are dedicated to helping you live your best life. And it's a journey that we call pursuing limitless life in Jesus. And we're doing it all for one reason, so that our lives can impact the world. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. All right, y'all, today we're kicking off a new series and we're going to call it Detox. How many of y'all have heard of the detox for your body? You know those ones where you have to like run in the bathroom every 20 minutes? So you better do it while you're staying at home, right? Well, this new series, we're actually going to touch on detoxing in every area of your life, not just your body. So the word detox means removal of toxic substances from a living organism. How many of you guys want to get the toxic substances out? But as you know, toxins have uh, more ways of coming in than just uh, what we put in our mouth. Our emotions can get toxic. Anybody? Our, our attitudes can get toxic. So this month, we're actually going to spend each week talking about a different part of our being that we need to detox. Now, some of you, when you think of detox, your mind goes straight to like detoxing alcohol and drugs. And so let me tell you a joke. Okay, so Buck, that's the guy's name, he had a little too much to drink, and he was kind of like swerving all over the road. So a police officer pulled him over, and he asked, have you been drinking? Buck said, just water. The police officer replied, well, I smell wine. And Buck said, oh, the Lord's done it again. <laughs> so the police officer asked him to get out of the car and do a breathalyzer test. And he said, can't do that. I have asthma and I could die right here on the highway. So he said, well, I'm just going to have to bring you in and do a blood test. He said, I can't do that. I'm a hemophiliac and could bleed to death. The police officer said, well, Buck, I'm just going to have to ask you to walk this straight line. He said, can't do that either. Police officer was like, why? Because I'm drunk. (laughs) (laughs) So the truth is, most people only think of drugs, alcohol, or maybe a nutritional detox when you think of detoxing. And those are definitely important things to detox, but we need to think much more broadly. Let's get into the theme verse for this series, which is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 14, it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? And if you're like me, you've read this verse before, and you're like, okay, that means I just need to like go into my church bubble and stay there. But that's not what it's saying at all. After all, how are we going to reach those who don't know Jesus if we're staying over here in our church bubble all the time? And I actually heard a stat this last week that more than 50% of people will never step inside of a church. Ever. Their whole life. So if what we're doing is staying in church, are we? what about those people? Don't they deserve to know Jesus too? So that's a whole other message, but what's this verse actually saying? Well, what Paul is saying is don't get too close to unbelievers. Like keep a healthy dose of separation between you and the world. You need to be around them. Yes, right? After all, we do live in the world, but don't team up with them. That's why, I like, that's why I highlighted those words. Don't team up with them. Don't partner with them. And don't live with them. Because what do the world and the Bible have in common? A nothing. Because they're on two different pages. What's common between a believer and an unbeliever? Oh, we both need Jesus, and that's about it. We see life completely different other than that. So let's keep reading. It says, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. 
So here's the deal. God doesn't live in buildings. Like, God doesn't live here in our building. This is not his sanctuary. And sorry about that light that's going on and off back there. <laughs> that's the Lord speaking to you back there. So you're in the blessed section. So here's the deal, though. You are God's sanctuary. Like, you are holy. God is living in you. He doesn't want to live in a building. He wants to live in you. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. So God wants to be a major part of your life, but in order to experience a life where God is fully present, you kind of have to separate yourself from the things of the world. You have to detox worldly ways, right? Get out those contaminants. So the question throughout this detox series is this. That's why I want you to ask yourself, what's in my life that shouldn't be there? See, we're not talking about whether you're going to heaven or not. That's not what this is about. You can't earn salvation by what you do. It's a free gift by accepting and believing that Jesus Christ died to pay for your sins, past, present, and future. But the level that God is present in your life depends on either how close you are to him or how close you are to the world because they're two different directions. Does that make sense to everybody? It says, don't touch their filthy things and I will welcome you and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So God has this deep desire to be your dad, like a legit dad. You know, the kind that supports you, the kind that loves you unconditionally and the kind that's with you always, even whenever you're out making mistakes. And to experience this kind of closeness with God is not complicated like it's actually really simple, you turn away from the world and you turn towards God and pursue him. Now, I want you to watch how this continues in the next chapter. It says, because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit and let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. So that's what we're going to look at this month. How do we purify ourselves from the things that contaminate who God has called us to be? How do I know you need this message? Because I need it too. <laughs> yeah. But today, here's what we're going to focus on, a mind detox. You may have noticed that the enemy likes to attack your mind. Because it's kind of like the thing that's in between your spirit and this world. And the enemy doesn't want us to live according to our spirit. Because that's the part of us that becomes clean. That's the part of us that becomes righteous and holy. And get this, the enemy can't do anything to make your spirit dirty. When you receive Jesus Christ, you brand new creation. That part of you becomes new. But there's this little filter in between your spirit and what comes out of you, and it's called your mind. So if the enemy can mess up your mind, he can kind of keep what's in your spirit from coming out and affecting other people in a positive way. So how do you know you need a mind detox? Well, let me show you in Psalms. It says, how long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? So if this is what your life looks like, like if you're just kind of like deeply sorrowful for like how your life is going. That's just an indication that you need a mind detox. That's all. So how many of you like maybe struggle with like, I know I need to do this, but I really want to do this. <laughs> or like, I shouldn't do that, but I did it anyway. You don't got to raise your hand. Unless you just, if that's free and for you to raise your hand, just go ahead. <laughs> But if you're in that wrestling match, today's message is for you, so listen up. And if you feel bad that this wrestling match is going on in your head, you, you shouldn't feel bad because even the Apostle Paul was struggling with this. And you'll, you can read all about it in Romans 7. So, like, there we have the guy, like, 
the Christian of Christians who wrote most of the New Testament, started all kinds of churches, and he's like, hey, guys, I'm struggling in my mind. Crazy, huh? And then not only that, but King David, which wrote Psalms, and we read, that's what's on the screen right now, he struggled with it too. I bet you every person in this room has had a wrestling match going on in their head at some point or the other, if it's not happening right now. So you're not alone. You can read about Paul's struggle in Romans 7, but he doesn't leave you hanging, thankfully. <laughs> he doesn't just talk about his struggle and leave it there. He, he lets us know how to solve the problem in Romans 8. So let's take a look at that. Romans 8, verse 5 says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. Whoop, there's the problem right there. Your mind's in the wrong place. You're thinking about the wrong things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. That's what, I want to, that's what I want to help you with today. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. How many of you all want life and peace? Yes. Amen. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. You know, I love that strong language right there, how it says, like, you need to put to death your sinful nature. So what happens whenever, like, something dies? Like, let's say your pet dies. It's a little hard to let him go, isn't it? Or so, let's say someone close to you dies. That's really hard to say goodbye, isn't it? So when we choose to put our sinful nature to death, it seems a little bit crazy. But you're actually going to grieve the things that you're letting go of. It's kind of weird, huh? You're going to want to hold on to them. So if you came to Jesus like years ago and you're kind of wondering why, why that sinful nature is still like hanging around, it's because you just haven't let it go yet. You haven't moved on. So I'm going to help you with that. You don't have to be a slave to sin. Like Jesus paid the price so that you could be free. Amen? So now it's time to detox. And the most effective way to detox is to actually get rid of the contaminants and then bring in the right things. So let me give you three things that you need to take out of your mind and then three things that you need to put back in your mind. And here's the deal. I want you to test this and see if it works. You know why? Because in as little as six days, if you do these things, like you're going to notice a difference. By the time you get back next week, if you do these things, you'll be able to share with me and the church, if you wanted to, the difference that it made in your life. So over the next six days, just take out these things and then put in the, thing, in the things. I'm not asking you for, for you to do it your whole life. Like this isn't like do it from now on, just six days. Anybody commit to six days? Is that a long time? Y'all can do it. And when you do, you're going to experience such a difference in your life that you're not going to want to go back. And actually, a few times a year, I participate in a 14-day detox. It's like a body detox. And how it works is like you replace two of your meals with these special protein shakes that are supposed to help detox your body. And then you can eat one meal like from this really small list of approved foods. Yeah. And... <laughs> Some of y'all have done that detox in this room, and <laughs> I could probably bring them up here, and they might tell you horror stories. I don't know. But let me tell you mine. The first time I did this, <laughs> she's already shaking her head up here. As all those toxins were leaving my body, like my back hurt, I, I had no energy, and dude, my head was like throbbing, because I may just have a slight uh, addiction to caffeine. I don't know. I think that's what that comes from. But by the third day, I was a bear, and Beth was like begging me to quit. She's like, would you just stop doing this? Because I don't think I can take it anymore. All the toxins were making their way out of my body, and I was feeling it. But about day six, my energy started to come back. I, I started to act like a normal person again. And by the end of the 14 days, man, I felt so good. I felt like I'd go climb Mount Everest in my underwear, you know? 
Like, nothing was going to hold me back. That's how I felt, man. And we're actually bringing in Dr. Mark Sherwood in a couple weeks to talk about a body detox. So that's not next week, but the week after that. So you'll want to be here for that. Don't run away from it. It's not as bad as you think. But let's go ahead and get into those things you need to take out of your mind and put back in. Here's the first thing you need to take out. Doubt. And you may not even realize how much doubt has come into your life. But do you know what doubt is? It's when you believe what the world says instead of what God says. Simple definition. Like you believe that you're always going to struggle financially whenever God's word clearly says that you're to prosper. Or you kind of like settle into your illness like this is who I am when God's word clearly says like you're supposed to be healed and whole. And here's how it plays out for me. Like occasionally I'll get caught up in this thought that like somebody's going to break into my house and hurt my family. I don't know where this comes from, but that's just one of those things that I struggle with. And it's, it's a very, like, it's a reality in today's world. I mean, you can watch it on the news. It does happen. But you know what God's word says? Like, he wants you so protected that you don't even stub your toe. So if that's God's plan for me, then that's how I, like, purge that doubt out of my mind as I remind myself of God's word, that he wants me protected. So you got to stop giving doubt the upper hand. you got to stop believing what the world says. Just shake it off and dare to believe that what God says in his word is true. Even if it doesn't look true right now in your life, you believe that it's true and watch it come to pass in your life. Because God's reality is different than the world's reality. Aren't you thankful for that? So the reason your life looks different than God's reality is simple. You've been living in the world's reality. So step on out of that and into God's reality. Make a decision today to detox the doubt Get that contamination out of your life. And here's how you starved out. You've got, you got to trust what God says. That's simple. Sounds a lot like one of our core values, huh? We have six core values here at No Limits, and one of them is we take God at his word. So if it's in the Bible, we don't argue with it. We don't try to prove that we're right over the Bible. We believe it. God says it. It's true. End of story. Did you guys check out this quote? If you believe what you like in the gospel and reject what you don't like, it's not the gospel you believe, but yourself. That hurts, doesn't it? Man. And then in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. In other words, you aren't as smart as you think you are. So you better spend some time in the word because you need it, right? So I'm giving you three things to get out of your life for a mind detox in the first one is doubt. Here's the second, negativity. And when I say negativity, I'm talking about all those times that we like complain about the weather or complain about traffic or, or the long line at the grocery store. I don't know. You, all, you guys all have a button in here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> or, you know, we may like gather up in groups to, to gossip about all the things Kate's doing wrong in the church. <laughs> Or we, or we may just, like, talk about, like, how we don't really like the songs that Dylan picked this morning, but, you know, whatever. You see, we can gripe about anything, right? But the problem is every ounce of negativity that we allow into our lives, even the small stuff, just moves you further away from God. It may seem harmless, but imagine how much better your life would be without any negativity. I get emails from people that um, tell me how stupid I am. Um, and then I'm leading people astray because I have an online blog about how to run sound. 
at church. And so it's, it's, it's from the blog. Like, they'll email me, you don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 blah, 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 blah. And I'll be honest, sometimes I'll start to believe it, and it hurts a little bit. And so then I get to, like, this point where it's like, you know what? Maybe I don't know anything. Maybe I'll just, like, take the website down and sit over here in my corner and, and not do anything. But then I get emails from people all over, the, all over the world, all over the world, the Philippines, everywhere, that are just like, Cade, thank you so much for making these resources available. Like, I've taken what you've taught, and I've applied it at my church, and it's actually made my, the worship experience at my church better. So awesome. So I could, like, live my life according to the negativity of others, right? And I could sit over in my corner and not ever do anything in fear of somebody criticizing me. But instead, I'm going to choose to be confident in the things that God's called me to do. You see, God's gifted and anointed me to teach others how to run sound. I don't know why he did it. Well, actually, I do know why he did it. I'm about to share that with you. He did it. And he's gifted me and anointed me to lead this church. And the reason I know that's to be true is because Ephesians tells us that he gives us gifts to equip the saints, to equip the church, to go out and do the good things that he planned long ago, right? So like we just talked about, I remove the doubt with God's word and at the same time dismiss that negativity. I'm about like six years into this blog journey and the, the negative things, don't, they don't hurt anymore because I'm, I'm just like, eh, whatever. Because I have enough people that have told me like, this is helpful. So, um, but how do, how do we get rid of the toxin of negativity in our lives? Well, you got to think what God thinks about you. Because Isaiah 26, 3 says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Who wants perfect peace? I know I do. And for that to happen, you have to think what God thinks. But there's actually one more step beyond that. You got to say what God says. Don't just keep it in your mind. But say those positive things. Say what God says. Because Ephesians 4.29 tells us, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So if it's not good or helpful, I don't say it. If God wouldn't say it, I don't say it. This will make your life more peaceful than you could ever imagine. And it may seem impossible to do that. I get it. But, but do this. Do this for me. Try it out for six days. And see if it makes a difference in your life. Like every time you start to say something negative, because it's going to like bubble out of you if you're not used to stopping it. Just stop mid-sentence. Catch yourself and just turn it around to something positive. And ask your spouse or ask your friends to like do what your mom did back in the day and just pop you in the mouth whenever you start saying something negative and wake you up and snap you out of it. So stop the negative thoughts and negative words for the next six days, and I want you to come back next Sunday and tell me all about it. Tell me what happened. All right, here's the next thing. The third thing to kick on out is sin. And when most of us feel this word or hear this word, we, start, we immediately start to feel like guilty. Don't turn me off just yet. It's not that dirty of a word. We kind of, but we kind of get this idea that like God's like pointing his finger at us, right? Like, man, man, you shouldn't do that. What's interesting is that you, if you dig into the original word of the Bible for sin, you find out that it means this, to miss the mark. So I want you to imagine that you're at our annual guns and bows event. All right? You pull out your awesome gun and you walk up because it's your turn to shoot. Not only is your gun awesome, but you're awesome. And so you take your stance and you kind of glance back to make sure everybody's watching, right? Take your shot, ah, only to miss the mark. You didn't even hit that target. So this time you take just a little more time to aim, bullseye. 
And that's how we should look at sin. When we discover, like, sin in our life through revelation by God's word, we should simply see it as an opportunity to adjust our aim. That's all it is. We were just aiming at the wrong thing. Like, there's no reason to be condemned. There's no reason to waste time and regret. Sounds like another one of our core values. Simply take responsibility for the fact that you were wrong. Turn your focus away from that and re-aim and shoot it at the target. So that's exactly why God's solution for sin is to repent, which is another dirty word, right? People don't like it. But if you, if you dig into it, what does the word repent mean? Turn away. That's all it means. Does anybody, anybody kind of have an aha moment about this? The next time you're at church reading God's word and you find out that something you've been doing is not God's best for your life, don't waste time in regret. And don't waste time trying to convince yourself that you're right and the word's wrong. Simply say, thank you, Lord, for revealing this to me. I thank you for your forgiveness, and I'm, I'm going to adjust my aim and go after something new. And sometimes after you adjust your aim, you end up aimed at the wrong thing again. Anybody? Or is that just me? Like, how many of you this summer have kind of like found yourself not living your best life? You're not alone, and here's the antidote. I'll turn to what God wants. It's really that simple. You don't have to do anything to make yourself right with God. Like Jesus already did that, y'all. You don't have to like bawl and cry and like roll around on the floor for God to know that you're, that you're sorry for what you did. He just wants you to turn, turn around. That's all he wants you to do. Amen. See, Romans 6.13 says, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil, evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. So we just talked about the three things that you need to take out. Doubt, negativity, and sin. But a real detox isn't just about taking the wrong things out, but you got to put the right things in. So let me give you three things to put in. And the first one, you got to feed your mind God's Word. One of our core values here, which I said earlier, is that we take God at His Word. In other words, if we read something in the Bible that goes against our personal belief system or it goes against culture, uh, we believe the Bible instead of that. It doesn't matter how strong of an argument you can make. And you know what? You can probably get the entire world to agree with you. But if it doesn't line up with the word, we don't believe it. End of story. Period. That's why we have to feed our spirit God's word because, get this, the the Bible is not a book written by men. It's a book written by God. The men that we give credit for writing the Bible, they they were just holding the pen. That's all they were doing. Writing out God's word. Because when you read the Bible, you better know that it's God speaking to you. Every word, every chapter, every verse in the Bible is powerful, and it was written for you. And when our culture is screaming that what they believe is the truth, yet it doesn't line up with the Bible, we believe the Bible. Or do we? Or do we believe the one that's the loudest? Or the one that has the most clever argument? I don't know. I'm going to choose to believe God, and I hope you guys do too. Now, now, I want you guys to kind of like set aside that part of you that likes to get offended. We kind of all have that because I'm about to dive into something that like most of the church won't talk about. It's kind of like a hot topic. But I believe we need to talk about these things in church because otherwise all you're hearing is what the world's saying. And I want to show you what God's saying. So right now, the world around us is, is telling us that it's okay uh, to sleep with who you want. It doesn't matter if it's a man. It doesn't matter if it's a woman doesn't matter if it's your spouse or somebody else's spouse. Heck, it doesn't even matter if you guys are married. Just, just go ahead and do what makes you feel good, right? Do what you want. But can I tell you something? 
It's the biggest bunch of bull that we've believed in a long time. And it's extremely toxic to not just the church, but to, to our lives. But get this. Hear me out on this. There's not one sin that's greater than the other in God's eyes. It's all the same. Jesus has forgiven all of it. As a matter of fact, if you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you're forgiven. And you can't do anything to earn that forgiveness. It's yours. It's a gift. But after you receive Jesus, like he has this really deep desire for you to live according to God's word because that's how you live your best life here on earth. And it's not to earn or keep your salvation. Like you can't do that. That has nothing to do with you. But if you want that like amazing life that God planned for you long ago, you have to live your life in alignment with the word of God. And although all sin's the same, and all sin is covered under the blood of Jesus. Can we all agree on that? We're all forgiven. Amen? There actually is some sin that has worse consequences than others. And actually, sexual sin is kind of like right there at the top when it comes to the consequences. What's interesting about everything that's going on right now is that, like, I don't even have to pull out the Bible to show you guys that it's, it's not truth. Because, like, men having sexual relationships with men, women with women, like, all we got to do is kind of, like, look at our bodies, and you find out that it really doesn't work. Like, I don't even have to pull out the Bible. Like, it just doesn't work, y'all. Yet our culture, especially the media, is really, really good. Like, they're really good at making lies sound like the truth. Like, they're really good at it. Somehow they get us all to believe that it's a human right to do what you want to with your body. It's your human right to do what makes you feel good. And that's why we need the Word of God, because without it, we're going to believe these lies. I want you to take a look at this. In Ephesians 4, verse 17, it says, With the Lord's authority, I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, which is another way for saying, live, don't live like the world does. For they're hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So, like, when you agree with the world, that's what you're agreeing with. People who are hopelessly confused. People whose minds are full of darkness. People who have taken a strong stance against God. And God's like, here's this best life, and they push it away. Like, that's what those people are doing. But as God's people, we're actually given further clarification in the very next chapter. It says, let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you, because such sins have no place among God's people. If you're kind of wondering what sexual immorality is, you can actually study it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's in both places. But in a nutshell, sex is designed to be between one man and one woman who have committed themselves to each other in marriage. And anytime you get outside of those boundaries, you're asking for trouble. And you're inviting in the consequences of that sin. You don't lose your forgiveness. Jesus isn't mad at you. I'm not even mad at you. Like, see, I'm smiling, guys. Like, I'm really not mad at you. But it's extremely beneficial for us to, like, re-aim whenever we find ourselves in that problem. Re-aim our focus and run after God. Because here's the deal. I bring this stuff to you guys not because I want to condemn you, not because I want to say I'm right and you're wrong, but because I want you to live your best life. And when we're living not according to the word, then you're not going to live your best life. So let's line up with the word because it's the truth. Psalm 1 says, happy are those who reject the advice of evil people. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord and they study it day and night. So what this means for me is like, I don't, I don't watch the news. 
because I don't know one network that like takes the world's problems and then like gives God's word as a solution. I, maybe I'll, if, maybe I'm missing out. Like, is there one out there that does that? The 700 Club. <laughs> I'm also really careful about like what I watch on TV and the movies that I watch because I just don't want the advice of evil people in my life. And then I welcome in God's word by like preparing these messages for church. I listen to other pastors from other churches and then I study the word on my own time. But if I'm honest, like I'm not to this like day and night, like study it day and night place yet. Although I'd like to be. And you know why? Because the, the, more I, the more time I spend in God's word, the better my life is. And the more impact my life has on those around me. It's good stuff. So we're going to feed our spirit God's word so that we can stand on the truth when our culture is trying to trick us with lies, so clever they sound like the truth. And here's the second thing to feed your mind, and that's worship. And you guys might think I'm a little crazy for this, but I've actually not listened to like secular music in, in like 12 years. Like, it's just not something I do. And although I don't listen to music very often these days, because trust me, like whenever you have three kids, three and under, that are talking all the time and making noise all the time, when you get in the car by yourself, you don't turn on anything. You sit in the peace and quiet, right? <laughs> and actually, Beth and I just drove to Dallas like about a month ago, and you know, it was just her and I. And you know what we did for the four and a half hour drive? Yep, <laughs> we sat in the quiet, and it was good. But when I do listen to music, I listen to worship music and nothing else. Why? Because I don't want the influence of the world in my ears. And I'm, I'm sure there's like Bible-believing Christians out there that are producing music that's not considered like worship music. I just don't have the time or the energy to vet it out, so I just don't listen to it. But I'm not trying to make a new rule here. Like, I'm not trying to say like, you guys have to do this. But I can tell you that like this choice in my life is one of the keys to like the peace and the, and the joy that I experience every day. And I want to challenge you to just try it. Try it for six days. Like, just kind of like set aside that other music that you like to listen to. I'm not, I'm not condemning you for it or telling you that you're, you're wrong. Just set it aside and only listen to worship music and just see if it makes a positive impact on your life. And actually, I can kind of prophesy what's going to happen because it's found in the Word. In Philippians, it says, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent, worthy of praise, and then the God of peace will be with you. Awesome. So shutting out the world and bringing God close through worship brings peace, and that's something we all need. Here's the third thing, and that's prayer. Can I be honest with you guys? This one's a struggle for me. Like, I know people who must, like, have a spiritual gift of prayer. You know, those are the ones that, like, when you're, like, in a circle and, like, you're taking turns praying, like, they just kind of, like, keep going. Like, everybody has their eyes closed at first, and then, like, everybody's peeking. Like, are they ever going to finish up? <laughs> These are also the people that will come up to you and be like, man, I was... I was woken up last night with like this burden to pray. And so I got up and, and prayed for two hours and, and then I was able to go back to sleep. And you know, I'm, my response to those people is like, wow, that's awesome. But in my head, I'm like, what you going to say for two hours? I run out of words after two minutes. You know what I'm saying? And I'm tired. I gotta go back to sleep. So even though prayer is not like a natural tendency to me, like it's not something that I'm just like, oh, I gotta pray. Like I just don't really ever feel that. I've always been blown away by what happens when I intentionally, like, dedicate myself to prayer. So this last January, we did our first ever 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. And let me tell you, it's not just the first time I've done it with church. It's the first time I've ever gotten up 21 days early in a row to pray. And it was actually, like, the, the most treasured time that I've 
ever spent with the Lord throughout my entire Christian walk. Like I prayed, of course, like through those 21 days and, and the Holy Spirit, he gave me vision through those 21 days. He gave me direction. I cried. I even like received healing from some of the things in my past that I'd been holding on to that I didn't even know I was holding on to. Like it was just revealed to me and I was able to let it go. But not every day during those 21 days was dramatic. I don't want to give you that idea. There were some days that it was just a casual conversation with God. I struggled with, with what to say for the, the 30 minutes of prayer or however long it was. But I can tell you guys that I never regretted getting up early to do that. Ever. So that's why I'm excited to tell you guys that today kicks off another round of 21 days of prayer. We're going to save the fasting for January. We ain't going to do that this time. But I do want you guys to dedicate to 21 days of prayer. This is something that we actually do alongside Church of the Highlands in Alabama. And to help you guys give just a little bit of structure to your prayer time, because how many of you guys like need a little bit of help? You're like, what am I going to do every day? Um, they actually live stream a prayer service at 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, and then at 9 a.m. on Saturday. But here's the cool thing. They, uh, they record those, and they make them available afterwards. So you, can, you don't have to wake up at 6 a.m., although I would recommend it because it's a good time to do it. But just pick your time and be consistent with it, whether it's 6 a.m., 9 a.m., 5 p.m., whatever. Just pick a time and be like, I'm going to pray for an hour at 5 p.m. every day during this 21 days. So in that service, like it starts with the song, and then they give you some direction for your prayer. So you're like... If you're like me and you struggle with what to pray, like they give you some help. And then they kind of set you off on some personal prayer time, and then you come back and you pray with them for some corporate prayer time. It lasts an hour, and it's awesome. And I don't know about you, but I need this structure, and I need this accountability <laughs> during my 21 days of prayer, or I might not do it. I was, even though it's only live stream, and they don't really know if I'm there or not, like I kind of was like, they're counting on me to be there. So like when I'm in, laying in my bed and like having a struggle getting up, then like I just convinced myself that they need me to be there, and then up I go. It actually kind of reminds me of back in February, I started personal training with Darla because the Lord put it on my heart, like, it's time to take care of your body a little better, Cade. And so I'm like, I need some accountability. So me and Darla met at 545, uh, two days a week for two months before she set me off. It's like, Cade, you got this. You can do it. But that accountability, like, kept me going because I was like, I'm not going to, like, leave Darla there because she woke up early for me. And be like, sorry, Darla, I slept in, you know, not going to do that. So it, it just helped me. So that's kind of what this does, this, this live streaming prayer service. It just helps you stay on track. So I want you all to nudge your neighbor and say, we're going to do this. So now pull out your phone for me. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to join us in 21 days of prayer by texting the word prayer to 918-373-9883. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to text you a link to that prayer service every morning so that to help keep you on track and just to remind you that, hey, we're in 21 days of prayer. Because it might be easy to forget. So take a moment to do that right now. Go ahead and text prayer to 918-373-9883. Montana's already got it done. You fast, man. And when you're done, I want you guys to just go ahead and bow your head. I'm going to have the guys in the back play some music because we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do something this morning. right where you sit, I want you to just bow your head and go ahead and ask the Holy Spirit, like, what are you saying to me today through today's message? And I just want you to listen.
you're probably getting like maybe a specific thing that you need to detox out of your life. That's awesome. Thank the Lord for that. And for some of you, there may just be like this strong pull on the inside of you because it's time. It's time for you to surrender your life to God and receive new life in Jesus. Like, you know, you're not that good at managing your life anyways. None of us are. And it's time for you to give Jesus the control of your life. Like it's time to receive forgiveness Get your past washed away. And if that's you, if you're ready to do that, I'm gonna say a prayer and I want you to repeat it with me. And when you do, Jesus is gonna wash you clean. He's gonna give you new life. He's gonna fill you with joy. He's gonna fill you with peace. He's gonna fill you with purpose. So church, let's all join them in saying this prayer together. Repeat after me. Jesus, I've been living without you and I don't wanna do that anymore. I've done a lot of things wrong and I need your forgiveness. I accept your love and grace for me and I ask that you would be my Lord. Thank you for making me new. Thank you for washing away my past. I hand my life over to you and I ask that you'd help me walk out your plan for my life. Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys just gave yourself to Jesus for the first time, I want to know about it so I can celebrate with you. I'm not going to embarrass you right here. I just want you to come up and tell me after the service, which will end in about 10 minutes. We've got just a few more things to take care of. But that's just, that's awesome. Y'all can go ahead and uh, fade out that music. As you guys know, together as a church, we support the min a ministry in Mexico by sending them $1,000 every month. And they're doing amazing things over there. And you may have already seen, but uh, Ben, the Mexico ministry leader and his family are here with us today. They're, he's gonna come up and give us a little bit of an update. So go ahead and come on up, Ben. And as he's coming up, we're gonna go ahead and prepare for our giving today. So if you guys could pass out some offering envelopes. If you need an offering envelope because you're giving by cash or check, go ahead and raise your hand. The guys in the back will get that to you. Or if you're giving with a debit or credit card, go ahead and use the instructions on the screen behind me. Or if you're listening online, go ahead and head to your browser and type in nolimits.fyi, kind of like nolimits.com, just put the .fyi instead of .com, and then tap the giving button. All right, let me pray over our offering. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to give, God. We thank you that you're taking our giving, you're multiplying it in our lives, and you're multiplying it everywhere we're sending it out, God. It's not just $1,000 we send to Mexico. You take that and you just blow it up, and you multiply it in that team and in that ministry. Everything that goes out of this church is multiplied. Everything that comes into this church is multiplied because that's kingdom principle. And we believe what your word says in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give into our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And hey, if you were encouraged by this podcast, hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. 
Thanks again for listening and God bless you.